Welcome to the Security Box Podcast 41. On this edition of the podcast, we're going to talk about Ubiquity and their big time breach, as well as something I recently read from Park Mobile and their potential breach. We'll have news, notes, and more including learning about the passing of a longtime security researcher who found a flaw in DNS servers some time ago. While there were no comments that were made during the live program, you're definitely able to leave comments at any time. And yes, I have decided to bring back the ability of getting direct downloads as I need the service for other purposes that I won't disclose here. So we are going to go back to bringing up the podcast for direct download on the blog. We hope you enjoy the program, and thanks so much for listening, whether you listen live or you listen via the podcast The podcasted version is coming right up on the Technology Podcast Series as part of 98.6 The Mix's suite of servers for broadcasting live. The opinions expressed are those of the show hosts and may not necessarily be of any company in which the show hosts may represent. to Jared's shop. May I take your order for a username and password? The sign says Jared's shop. It said nothing about usernames and passwords. Yes, sir. Usernames, passwords, credit card information, all sorts of breach data. You name it, you've got it here at Jared's shop. Well, that sounds lovely, but I really only wanted to pick up a USB drive. Well, sorry, sir, but the USB drives come with all sorts of data, all for sale right here, right now. At the asking price of at least $100. Well, USB drives start at least at 10 bucks. I need a USB drive so that I can store some data on it of my own, such as 
audio book files from the library, maybe some backups of some other stuff. And if need be, I'd like to be able to send some stuff to some people and they only have the capacity of receiving them through flash drives. So I need blank ones. Well, sorry, sir, but we don't have any blank flash drives here. If we did, whatever you wanted from usernames, passwords, and more can be put on these drives, but at a premium cost. Sorry, sir, I'm not interested in that. I'll just have to find another shop. Welcome to the security box. The security box with Jerry Primer on KKNX. Ladies and gents, welcome to the security box, the afternoon edition. Full afternoon now. Yes, you heard that my package is on the way. I'm expecting a delivery today. As this headset is uh, giving me a short at the USB cord side, so I think it's time to replace it. I've been basically treating it pretty well, but things happen. I probably pulled on it and did something. It still works, but I don't want to play with that. It's causing studio issues and such. But that's not why you're here. You're here because you want a good dose of security. My telephone number is 818-921-4976. That's how you'll get on air today. <clears throat> we will resume our 11 o'clock time tomorrow. There were uh, things that I needed to do this morning, although there was some confusion, but I got what I needed done. So, hope everyone will enjoy the program. We do have a bit of news notes, but I will be looking to get some more news notes next time. Things have been kind of crazy with what I've been asked to do, so 
We're just going to go with it. And I'm doing everything live today. There's no pre-taping. Before I get started, remember when I was telling you that Livewire's gone paid? Well, the process will actually happen on May 1st. And there are some adjustments needing to be made, for example. If you don't sign up before May 1st, you will be uh, asked to subscribe later. And sponsorships work. And uh, I do have a personal number now, which is the first time I've had this one. They had personal numbers when Plus was Plus and there was a free service, but it's my first time utilizing it, and I've decided to turn on everything there. This is a 623 telephone number, so everybody should be able to dial it. And I'm going to allow people to leave voicemail there if they wish. And I get it directly in my email. We do not get your phone number, so if you need a call back, you need to leave your phone number. And if you want your messages aired, you can do that. My number is 623-263-8349. And... Uh, It's going to be, I'm sorry, 623-63-8934. That's the proper number. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna learn it. 623-263-8934. See, it'll say, It'll greet me, so it'll say, you know, hello, and it'll play my name tag. Don't get scared of my name tag. I like my name tag. I think it fits this show, too. And then it'll say, press one for voicemail, two for shows, and three for trees. I've got stuff on trees. And we have an hour of, this, of the uh, Independent Artist Spotlight. For those who want it. I'm going to announce it there too. 623-263-8934. Is the number. With that out of the way. Uh, you can drop messages there if you'd like. And. Uh. Let's get started with the show because I think there's a company that really hasn't learned their lesson on security, right? 
we're talking about security and there's all these different companies that provide services, but do they really do a good job? The topic, ubiquity and their breach. So, there are some households out there that ubiquity is a, is a name used in that household. But after reading two articles from March and early April, respectively, how secure are these products? The articles in question are Whistleblower, Ubiquity Breach, Catastrophic, and Ubiquity, All But Confirms Breach, Response, Iniquity. Now, this is all well and good. The articles were well written. The first of these two was read on March 30th, and the other was April 5th. The bo- both of these articles were quite interesting and have a lot to say. I'm going to cover the first article. Invite you to call in, and then we'll talk about the second one. Invite you to call in. According to the first article, the whole story started on January 11th, 2021, according to Krebs on Security, who wrote both articles. Ubiquity is a major vendor of cloud-enabled Internet of Things. And uh, that is shorthand IOT. So their devices, such as routers, networks, video recorders, and security cameras, and uh, it's interesting. Because you would think that these types of companies and and this type of a product would be pretty good about making sure that they're as secure as possible. The breach, according to the article, again, we're just talking about the first one, the first of the two, was because of a third-party cloud provider. According to the article, the supposed third-party cloud provider exposed customer account credentials. In the same paragraph, the article states that this was all fabricated to make themselves look good and they downplayed the incident the source which was not named in this story participated as part 
of the response to the breach. A quote says, A security professional at Ubiquity who helped the company respond to the two-month breach beginning in December 2020 contacted Krebs on security after raising his concerns with both Ubiquity's whistleblower hotline and with European data protection authorities. The source we'll call him Adam spoke on condition of anonymity for fear of retribution by ubiquity. It was catastrophically worse than reported and legal silenced and overlooked efforts to decisively protect customers. Adam wrote in a letter to the European Data Protection Supervisor. The breach was massive. Customer data was at risk. Access to customers' devices deployed in corporations and homes around the world was at risk, he writes. This makes this very complicated and convoluted. You got a company that says, oh, there's nothing wrong here go away we got this taken care of there's nothing wrong and then you got somebody with inside knowledge of what really went on and they don't want to tell you the company at the particular time did not comment to repeated requests to do so according to this article I read at the end of March. According to the article, it states, according to Adam, the hackers obtained full read-write access to ubiquity databases at Amazon Web Services. And its abbreviation in this field is AWS. Which was the alleged third party involved in the breach. Ubiquity's breach disclosure, he wrote, was, quote, downplayed and purposefully written to imply that a third-party cloud provider was at risk and that ubiquity, ubiquity was merely a casualty of that instead of the target of the attack. The standard ordeal of saying that, quote, it became aware of unauthorized access, end quote, 
because of the quote third party but did not indicate who the provider was end quote is mentioned according to the article and of course there's plenty of more of what the source name Adam says and the link will be in the show notes when the podcast is uploaded but that isn't all but before I get into the second article let's talk a little bit about the first 818-921-4976 is my number to call me live if you want to leave voicemail 623-263-8934 so give me a call right now and uh, we'll be happy to take you on this is this is sad I mean you talk about bad PR like I'm actually glad that my modem and my router whatever AT&T gave me is theirs like it talked about you know moving people into the cloud and and making things a lot worse we'll get into that but wow and the phone lines are open right now and uh i can't wait to hear what people have to say about this now that you can wait until we do the entire thing it's perfectly fine we'll continue along if there are any calls you can we'll just jump right in the second article was written after the first and I read it on the 5th of April and it seems to me that it tells a whole different story which is completely different than the one that was told in the prior article right this one starts out by saying that the four days for that for four days the company didn't respond to any request for comments after the whistleblower came forward to discuss the matter with Krebs on security. The source could have come forward to any publication, right? So any publication that covers security, whether it was Krebs on security or otherwise, there are many other companies out there that do writing in the technology field and security field see that's one download dot well I don't know if they've got a blog download.com but there are numerous numerous technology places out there that people can 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 give stuff to and uh, 
it could turn into a very interesting article. Krebs later updated the prior story with a statement from Ubiquity, which was posted after the article had been published, and probably after the JRN had already read said article. But this particular article does take some quotes from the prior one. And that makes it very interesting. Again, you can go on KrebsOnSecurity.com and read them for yourself, but I'll provide links in the show notes. According to the article, devices which were local only were being connected to Ubiquity's cloud network. The people who were more secure noticed the change because they were prompted to log in to the unified solution. Mind you, this is a local connection. Like my computer talking to my phone. Once connected to the network, you don't have easy control of the device, according to the article. All of a sudden, according to the quote, local-only networks were being connected to Ubiquity's cloud, giving rise to countless discussion threads on Ubiquity's user forums from customers upset over the potential for introducing new security risks. The article does talk about the January 11th ordeal as Ubiquity told customers to reset their passwords and to enable multi-factor authentication and indicated that it was because of the wait for it third party access that might have exposed the data they continued to write that they were not sure of any if any data was exposed nor was there any evidence of supposed database access. So they don't even know what the hell is going on. Who the hell is telling them what to say and what? Was there a breach or was there not one? I don't get what purpose this is. This doesn't make sense to me. How this could have gone on for 
two... Well, the breach itself was two months. But then articles coming out in March and April talking about the fact that this company didn't even do anything right. This is pretty dumb if you ask me. Like, what the hell is going on at Ubiquity? Ubiquity finally responded on March 31st in a post signed Team UI on the company's community forum online. The article goes on to indicate that Nothing changed in regards to the analysis of the data and the security of the products involved. This is boilerplate language stating that they leverage incident response people to help investigate the incident and to make sure the attackers were truly locked out of their systems. And I put that in quote. Ubiquity in one of the paragraphs indicates that they had a good idea of who the actors were. According to Brian Krebs, the article says Ubiquity also hinted it had an idea of who was behind the attack saying it has well developed evidence that the perpetrator <clears throat> is an individual with intricate knowledge of our cloud infrastructure as we are cooperating with law enforcement they continue to write in an ongoing investigation we cannot comment further. Ongoing investigation. You started posting about it in January and you haven't told the truth? I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. What was going on over there at Ubiquity? And finally, stop. Phone. Well, that's nice of you to pop up, but you're causing me problems now, phone. Seven 
finally, this article, which is the second one, indicates they did not dispute anything written by Mr. Krebs, which makes this a very interesting story. And there's more in regards to the last paragraphs, including the fact that there was no logging access to databases and the legal department overrode those I don't remember what I was doing here but they basically they overrode whatever it was to force rotation of all customer credentials as well as reverting access permission changes within the relevant period. The fact that there were no potential logs makes this a he said, she said ordeal and will probably never learn the truth. To add insult to injury, the investors didn't know what was going on, and according to the article, the share price hardly blinked during their January 11th disclosure. But you know what I found interesting, which I wrote here? Between January 13th and the first story, the stock price soared from $243 to $370. After that, it slipped to $339 and then fell back to $289. We don't exactly know why, but full details are in the article, which will be in the show notes, which will be posted on the blog. This is absolutely sad, right? You got a company which is out there claiming we're not hit. We don't have a problem. And even if we were, it was minor. We took care of it. I don't get it. What were they thinking? What was actually going on there? Eight one eight nine two one four nine seven six.
absolutely sad. What is going on at Ubiquity? Wow. I don't understand this at all. Wow. If you would like to get in contact with me and you're listening through the podcast email or iMessage J-A-R-E-D R-I-M-E-R 986themix.com text or WhatsApp 804-442-6975 and you can leave a voicemail at 623-263-8900 Three, four. Well, we'll continue along. I've got a little bit of sad news to pass along to everybody who probably doesn't know a whole lot about this sad news, but I saw a tweet on Monday, which was the day I put all of this together, and I thought, maybe some people might have heard who this guy is, but maybe some don't. And yes, Security Now from this week did cover this, as I thought they would. Steve Gibson, host of Security Now on the Twit Network, tweeted on Monday, and I thought that I would pass along what he tweeted as a bit of news as it'll be talked about within the security community. The tweet, I don't know what kind of symbol this was. It was like, it said, semicolon dash left parentheses so I put it as a sad face because it is it is sad security researcher Dan Kaminsky died Saturday at age 42 of complications ketoacidosis from diabetes which he had struggled with for years Security Now researchers know of Dan's discovery of a critical weakness in the DNS servers at the time. He will be missed. Now, I've heard of the name before on the Security Now program, uh, which I've listened to from the beginning. Although there were times where I didn't listen to it because of other stuff going on. But his name was a common topic 
Dan will definitely be missed, I write. And we're sorry to hear the sad news. Because you really don't like to hear that type of news. But at the same time, when you do contribute to a, a, a major field like this, you know that it's going to be talked about. So Dan, uh, I think what we'll do is I'll play a track for you. And uh, it'll be within your memories. Let's see. Oh, this is the one. That's the album. Let's play Dad's song. It's by Katie Gerber for Aaron Starks' album, The Depths of a Year. Dan, you'll definitely be missed. I've heard what you've done. You were good. Man, and thank you for putting as many years as you ended up being in the security field into your work. It's much appreciated. Here's Katie Gerba and Aaron Stark's dad song.
98.6 The Mix, the independent channel with the security box and uh, Aaron Starks with Katie Gerba and Dad's song. I know it's a sad song, but I think it fits for Dan's family, from all of us that follow the security field and may or may not have known him, we are definitely thinking about you. The Security Box with Jerry So, Park Mobile is uh, been blogged about. And uh, It's uh is a sad state of affair. So they they too had a breach. Now, this particular breach can't be good, right? No breach is no breach is ever good. But this basically cuts the cake. I mean, what we have here is a company that's supposed to be bought out, which is talked about in this article. And They have a breach, although I think their response is a little more what we would expect in this industry. So it's in the news thanks to a Krebs on Security article entitled Park Mobile Breach Exposes License Plate Data mobile numbers of 21M users and that'll also be linked in the show notes accompanying the podcast release and I didn't have a chance to put this into any rundown but if you drive and park your car using this app you may be at risk. 
And I'm not surprised about this. And we should not be surprised. We should probably not be surprised. About breaches, about people selling stolen data. Of course, this time, as I indicated, a mobile application that is known as Park Mobile. According to Krebs on Security, this application is popular in North America. I've never heard of it until I read the article recently. It's a week old. And uh, the story's still fresh, and there could be uh, different angles that can be taken on it. The stolen data should probably not be a surprise to a lot of people. It includes customer email addresses, dates of birth, phone numbers, license plate numbers, hashed passwords, and mailing addresses. The good news is that it is hashed. My question to those who listen to this Should this be surprising to anybody? Come on, you can you can be shy. Keep yourself quiet. It's all good. The Interesting story is that Gemini Advisory alerted Krebs on security to this one. Gemini Advisory is a threat intelligence company located in New York. Their job is to keep an eye on the cybercrime forums and report their fines from what I can gather of what they do. Asked about the data, Park Mobile published a notification which is linked within the Krebs on security piece. They also claim that this breach was caused by a vulnerability in a third-party piece of software. Vulnerability that they did not patch if the company put patches out and they took five years to update it. For God's sake. I patch my windows every month. If I worked at a company and it, pro- it I would be telling them, patch Tuesdays out. I have articles out. I have uh, <coughs> articles in my feeds. And you should deal.
cell. This is uh, going to be uh, a very interesting time, right? I mean, what if we've not covered a story that said, oh, we were targeted by a third-party breach by a third you know we were we were targeted because we have a a piece of software that we neglected to update of course as typical the broiler plate response which is similar to our last story and topic talked about hiring a firm to help investigate the the, the breach and unlike the last topic they notified law enforcement as a precaution since they didn't know what was happening at the time. And I think if there was a crime committed, that should be what you should do because at least they can say, all right, if any of your people in the United States are affected, then... uh, We will uh, be able to take a report and we'll be able to do what we can. And that's, that's, all, uh, that's all well and good. According to the article, the statement indicated that they were not aware of personal data like credit card data and other sensitive data which may be encrypted. Instead of storing passwords, they encrypt using bcrypt, which Krebs writes is more resource intensive than other methods. I do not know what bcrypt is. I've heard of it and there's a link to bcrypt in the article. The good news is that the passwords were salted value, so they're not kept, according to the article. And unlike our last topic, Park Mobile did not ask or force its users to reset their passwords, and Brian was affected by the breach. He did reset his password out of caution. Their app didn't even indicate it was necessary. And of course, there's more about the potential buyout of the company by a European group, Easy Park. Park Mobile may have problems, and this could be one of them because of that breach, and only time will tell. And there are links within the article that may be of interest to you. And if you use the application, read the full article linked 
in our show notes because I found it interesting. And I bet you it's only to get more interesting. 818-921-4976 is our number. I'm going to play a track and then we'll come back. Here's Peggy Douglasnell from the Lovely Skies album Forever in Your Arms. The Security Box
98.6 Peggy Duckwasnell Forever in Your Arms from the 2012 album Lovely Skies Peggy Duckwasnell Well folks news notes is it and I know people have probably come and gone throughout the program and uh it's okay. We will uh, put the program up and people can leave comments anytime they want. Well, I thought I'd do news notes a little bit differently today. Maybe people have comments. Maybe they won't. I haven't needed to turn on my... Uh, phone calling because uh, nobody's called in but they can because we're going to cover a little bit of news notes and then I'll call it a program I've gone through everything and nobody's commented I definitely thought that these topics would bring a conversation of how bad it is and I'm not even done yet I found an article yesterday while I was traveling and if you thought we had problems earlier, we definitely have problems now. Here's what's going on in news notes. And for links, go over to the show notes on the blog. Read what's of interest to you. This is a bit dated, but I know that the news is still relevant today. I haven't read a whole lot due to other commitments, but uh, my goal is to get only things that I think we should benefit and read instead of getting all this stuff I intend to blog and never blogging about it or whatever. And of course, what might interest you... And we do have some stuff from Michael that I need to read. He definitely sent me some stuff. So let's take a look at what's news. The latest malware hiding in video game cheat codes comes from CyberScoop and was read. And this article talks about People looking for cheat codes and getting caught with something they don't want or necessarily need. And if you aren't a gamer or a modder, you may be okay. As long as you don't go finding the things and passing it along to your gaming friends. In this case, it's malware called Extreme Rat, X-T-R-E-M-E-R-A-T, which can capture audio or video. And CyberScoop has all of the details of this one. 
It's ugly, folks. In some good news, Deep Dot Web boss pleads guilty to laundering millions is one of these. I'll continue to share as it pertains to the good news department. And this shop was known for selling heroin, firearms, and hacking tools. The gentleman, Tao Prihar, administered Deep Dot Web, where he received $8.4 million in kickbacks. From dark net marketplaces. And the scoop on this one comes from Cyber Scoop, and you should give it a look. Finally, Trend Micro plus Roz I building a more secure future. comes from them and I like stories like this because Trent Micro has been in this business forever you know practically as long as I've been alive 30 plus years and this partnership looks really good The article talks about industrial IOT or IIOT, double caps IIO capital T. And this article also talks about robots in industry, and Trent Michael has been studying that for a while. Trend Micro also talks about something called Raw's Eye as well. And that's it. Those are all of the notes. And that is everything that we have scheduled for you. So, this is definitely an interesting story. The Raw's Eye thing, I think. But knowing that uh, people have come and gone throughout the day, I'm not going to keep people. And, uh, you know, expect them to, you know, just comment on every little thing they hear. Um, you know, this, this is a time where, you know, th things are definitely becoming interesting. We had two, you know, I think big topics. <laughs> 
that haven't gotten any comments but can be commented on at any time. So, now, without any further ado, I will open it up to anybody who would like to call in uh, to talk about anything on their uh, side. What have they read that's of interest? It's 818-921-4976 is the number. If you'd like to leave a voicemail, 623-263-8934. I've gone through all the topics. You know, Park Mobile ought to be ashamed of themselves, though, because they, although... To be fair, I think it's one of the typical breaches. They did try to do things right. But our first topic, ubiquity, was definitely something that I feel everybody should get rid of all all of their stuff because you don't know if they're compromised. At least that's the way I understood that article. Those articles. Just get rid of them. But I want to I wanna open up the floor to you, the listener. Any listeners out there that want to give me a call, do it right now. I'm opening up the phone lines to whatever you want to talk about since I'm done. 818-921-4976. I'll give you guys a bit. If I don't hear anything, we'll wrap it up and call it a show. There's no point in me sticking around when nobody's commented and I'm out of topics for today. Don't you think? I know there's plenty in security that I haven't covered that people want to bring up. Like I said, the phone lines are wide open again the number is 818-921-4976 I think the bigger question is why don't you call me if you've got a ubiquity device and talk to me about your experience when you found out that uh All of this is uh, come to pass. If you were affected by the uh, breach in December and January, that's what I'd like to hear. If you weren't, that's okay too. But if you've read the articles from Krebs or anywhere else that may have covered it, what did you think about their response? Or talk to me whatever's on your mind. The lines are open. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force people to call in, but I can't do the show all alone. 
If I could, I would just end it right now. But I want to give people a chance to say what's on their mind. Well, I don't hear anything. So, hearing that I don't hear anything, I'm going to end the show. Next week, though, I hope we do have comments because you think the stuff with Park Mobile and Ubiquity were problems. You have nothing yet. The Experian breach, or shall I call it a big fat fiasco, just got a hell of a lot worse according to an article that I read yesterday. By yours truly, Mr. Krebs. We will cover that and we'll find some news, notes, and other stuff for the security box. I'm Jared Reimer. Thanks so much for listening. And if you're listening on the podcast and want to comment, please do so about any of the topics that we brought up. Or if you want to bring up something of interest, you can do that too. I will catch everybody later. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.
Another one bust the dust. Ow! Another one bust the dust. Hey, hey! Another one bust the dust. Hey!